Welcome to the Gathering Church Podcast. We are so glad you're joining us today. For more info about The Gathering, you can check out thegathering.online. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. What a great morning to be at church. What a great time to celebrate what God is doing, what our coordinators have been doing. And now we get to get into the message. We're starting a brand new series today. Last week, we looked at how the New Testament church how it began after Jesus ascended to heaven, after Pentecost, after Peter preached and and many came to know Jesus, the church wanted to steward what God was doing. And how they did that was devoting themselves to the teaching, the fellowship, and prayer. Teaching, fellowship, and prayer. And with that, we talked about how we have uh, about a dozen small groups that are kicking off this September and October. Is anybody in a small group? You ready to get into small group activities and ministry? I know a few groups have already kicked off and there's a lot more to come. And so we announced about 10 to 20 different dates in the next month or so where you can go to a small group and join. And I want you to know, if you can hear my voice right now, small groups are for you, okay? You're not too shy, You're not too introverted to join a group of 10 to 15 or so people and get closer to one another and closer to God. And so with that, today we're we're starting a new series in adjacency with small groups. We're talking about our need for friends, our need for community, our, our, our need for one another. And so by popular or unpopular demand, At The Movies series is back this year. If you remember, good, good. I'm glad a lot of you like it. If you remember last year, we went through At The Movies and we went through some great movies. Toy Story, right? Iconic. Empire Strikes Back. The Fellowship of the Ring. We played all all the good ones. And uh, we are starting today to look at movies about community and I want to make clear, when we do At The Movies series, this is not because the Bible is not sufficient in teaching us, okay? But if you remember Jesus, whenever he was teaching, he used parables, oftentimes, to communicate truths to the people. And uh, there's sometimes with movies that you'll see a scene, and you'll be like, wow, that really, that spoke to me. There were some spiritual undertones there, right? You've also seen some movies where, like, that was a complete waste of my time. Why did I spend even a brain cell on that type of movie? You, you know what I'm talking about, the Sharknadoes, uh, the Venoms, or the Fast and Furious, or, I'm sorry, if you like some of those movies, it's okay, or if you, uh-oh, I got some, I got some, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll leave, I'll see you guys. Uh, they have 10 movies for a reason, I guess, but uh, we know there's obviously a lot of a junk in Hollywood that's not worth watching. But our focus this morning is on a calling that each of us have to connect with one another and to be an encourager. We're going to discuss what it means to be an encourager. Today's message is entitled, Enlist to Encourage. We are meant to enlist and to encourage. And in order to learn about encouraging one another, we're going to journey from the biblical lands of the Middle East, and we're actually going to head back to the realm of Middle Earth. Uh, we are gonna, we're going to look at the lives of two encouragers. One is uh, Jonathan, the son of Saul, and the other is Samwise Gamgee from the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I, I know we did Fellowship of the Ring last time, but this is more of a, a character study of Samwise through each movie. We're going to show you one clip from each movie of Samwise. Uh, if you remember, this, this summer we went through a series on the armor of God. We talked about being aware of the weapon and the defense that we have to protect us from the enemy. 
Satan is, is obviously always working on trying to stunt our spiritual growth to stop us from growing. And I think one of his greatest attacks on us in life is discouragement. Right? He comes and he tries to discourage us. It's one of the most frustrating things we can, we can face because we can go, be going through the day. Everything's great. I'm having a great day. And all of a sudden, something happens. A thought comes into my mind that all of a sudden, it shifts my mentality. It takes away all of my motivation and momentum and discouragement sets in. And we know the, the armor of God, that suit is for us to protect ourselves from the enemy. But the weapon you have to protect your brother and your sister is the ability to encourage one another. We're meant to encourage each other, build each other up. It says this in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12. It says this, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily. As long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We are told, encourage one another daily. It's not a suggestion. It's not just good advice. It's an instruction. It's a command from the Lord. It is God's desire that we encourage each other one time, once a year, every month or so. Daily encourage one another. Because encouragement is meant to battle our debt, our doubt. Encouragement is meant to protect us. I have discouragement every day, so I need encouragement every day. Hebrews says that sin tries to harden us, but encouragement is meant to protect us. I feel pretty confident that you are all in here today believing God, living for God, because someone has encouraged you in your life. Right? You're the product of, of many people coming together to tell you who you are in Christ. You're not here because of an accident. You're not here because of a coincidence. It's the intentionality and the design of a perfect creator and a good father who has sent people into your life to encourage you. Amen. Look at what Hebrews 10.24 says. He says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. That author is saying we, we are supposed to think about how we can incite people to do good. I need to think about how can I be motivating people to love one another and to do what is good. And then he says, don't give up meeting together. Because when we neglect meeting together, you see, discouragement sets in better with isolation. But when we get together, that's when encouragement can take place. Because I love the teaching, I love the worship time, but the best part is that we also get to connect with one another. I want you to leave here on a Sunday morning encouraged and lifted up, built up, because you know that God is with you, and you know that a church has your back. Encourage one another. Today, remember, I said we're going to look at two stories, two characters, Jonathan and Sam. Remember, Jonathan was the, the son of King Saul, who was the first king of Israel. And he was the loyal friend to the future king, King David. When Saul saw that David was threatening his rule, he repeatedly tried to kill him. 
And Jonathan's friendship to David through that difficult time never wavered. He, he remained an encouraging force in David's life. Then on the other hand, there's Samwise Gamgee. He's this hobbit living in the Shire. He's got a best friend named Frodo. And he volunteers for what seems like an impossible mission, destroying this corrupting ring. And the journey tests Frodo's resolve when he faces powerful enemies and the temptation to use the ring for evil. But Sam, however, stays at Frodo's side, continues that support. And in these stories, Jonathan and, and Sam, they both assume the role of the encourager. Their actions provide valuable insights into the practical ways that we can encourage. So we're going to look at, at together Jonathan and Sam and consider how we can spur each other towards spiritual fruitfulness. Three simple points today. Let's look at the first one. Number one is that encouragers are present. Encouragers are present. Let me show you how Jonathan's presence to David helped strengthen him when David was hiding. He was being hunted by King Saul. Talk about discouraged. King Saul was a man filled with discouragement, filled with insecurity, jealousy. And that's why he wanted to kill David. But look at what happens when Jonathan comes to David's aid. 1 Samuel chapter 23, verse 15. Reminder, you can pull out the notes if you didn't already. They're on the Church Center app. They're also in the YouVersion Bible app to follow along with us today. 1 Samuel 23, 15. It says, while David was at Horesh in the desert of Zeph, he learned that Saul had come out to take his life. And Saul's son, Jonathan, went to David at Horish and helped him find strength in God. I want to point out the very first thing that Jonathan does is simply he goes to David. When David finds out this bad news, when, when David finds out his life is in, in danger, Jonathan hears the news and his first step is to go and be present with David. Jonathan is willing to risk his life and go be with David. He shows up to support him in this challenging time because encouragers are willing to be present. They're willing to go to sacrifice for one another. It means a lot when people show up for you, right? You, you remember those times that you're struggling and someone shows up for you. You remember those times when you're celebrating and people come alongside you to celebrate with you. You remember the people that attend the wedding and the baptism and the baby shower and the graduation party. And you also remember when you're hurting and when you're in grief and people come alongside you. There's power in the presence of being with someone and encouraging them. David was able to find strength because Jonathan went to him. In our other story, Sam, Sam knew the power of presence. And near the beginning of the story, Frodo is about to leave this fellowship of the ring. He's going to continue on by himself because he feels like he cannot trust those other people. But Sam would not allow him to leave without him. Let's, let's show that first clip.
back, Sam! I'm going to Mordor alone. Of course you are. And I'm coming with you! You can't swim! Samwise Gamgee. And I don't mean to. I don't mean to. Oh, Sam. I gotta say, I love these movies. If you're not a guy who's very touchy-feely and in your emotions, these movies might be a little bit more difficult for you because there's a lot of tears throughout the movies. <laughs> I love them, though. And Sam literally risks his life to be present with Frodo. You, you can imagine Jonathan risking his life to go to David, being careful that no one would know where he's going, especially his father, as he went to him. And Sam was willing to be persistent in his presence. Have you ever had friends or family that they are present with you, even when you don't want them to be there? Because you're so discouraged that you try to push people away, you try to, to stay in isolation where actually the enemy wants to damage you even more. I don't know about you, but I've had times in my life where I wanted to be away from people. I didn't want to be encouraged. I wanted to stay where I was. I remember a story when I was about 18 years old, and I was going through a little bit of a, of a rough patch in my life. I was a little um, upset about something. It doesn't matter what it was, but I was, I was struggling Okay, it was about girls, obviously. All right, I'm 18 years old, and I've been rejected by a girl. And I remember I was driving home, and I, I got to the house, and we parked. My brother was in the, in the seat next to me. And I told him, I was like, hey, Andrew, can you go ahead and head inside? I'm going to go drive around for a little bit. I'm just going to kind of process this. And he's like, no, I'm not getting out of the car. I'm like, Andrew, I'm fine. It's okay. Just like, can you get out? And I'm just going to drive around for a little bit, kind of process this. He's like, I'm not getting out of the car. And it began to be a yelling match. I'm like, Andrew, can you, I, I appreciate, appreciate what you're trying to do. Can you just get out of the car for one minute? And he would not leave. And sometimes we need that in our life, right? We can be difficult to encourage sometimes, right? It can be difficult to be around, but thankful for the people that are willing to be present when it's most difficult. Encouragers are persistently present. But presence does not mean simply being physical, Physically present. You know that we can be physically present right in front of you and say, uh-huh, uh-huh. And mentally, we are checked out and we are very much somewhere else. <laughs> but presence, I think Jesus was speaking on the ways that we can be present in Matthew 25, 35. He said, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Jesus was commending this type of supporting of one another. It's more than just being physically present. It's being willing to do something in support. It can also mean emotional presence. Look at Romans 12, 15. It says, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. 
We're meant to share with each other's sorrow and with each other's joy. Don't allow somebody to celebrate alone. Don't allow someone to mourn alone. And when the Browns win on Monday night, I want to celebrate with people. You know, I want to be together with you. Sorry. <laughs> I had to. I'm sorry. When the Holy Spirit speaks to me, I just try to speak. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Share with each other's joy. We may be sharing in each other's sorrow on Monday night. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Share with one another. And lastly, we can be present. James 1.19 says, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. We should be quick to listen because it gives us the opportunity to understand someone. Everyone wants to be heard. Everyone wants to be understood. We as encouragers are meant to be physically, emotionally, and mindfully present. Encouragement is combining these forms of presence and it's an act of love demonstrating that they're, they're important to you. They matter to you. So encouragers are present. And number two, encouragers help us to see. They help us to see. Because discouragement and suffering try to cloud our vision. They, they try to get us to forget the most important things and focus on the here and now and the issue of today. Encouragement is meant to help us see beyond what we're dealing with in the moment. Our vision is easily focused on the world, and the world encourages us to do that, to focus on ourselves, right? The world says, believe in yourself. Follow your heart. Those things sound good, but they're actually guiding us away from God and towards ourselves, Biblical encouragement lifts us up by pointing to the promises that God has given us. It points us to eternal truth. That's what we focus on. Let's go back to the story of Frodo and Sam. At this point, they're about halfway through on their journey to Mount Doom. And right here, Frodo, he wants to give up. This, this burden is too much to bear. But look at what Sam says to Frodo in this difficult time. It's like in the great stories, Mr. Frodo. The ones that really mattered. Full of darkness and danger they were. And sometimes you didn't want to know the end. Because how could the end be happy? How could the world go back to the way it was when so much bad happened? But in the end, it's only a passing thing, this shadow. Even darkness must pass. A new day will come. And when the sun shines, it'll shine out the clearer. Those were the stories that stayed with you, that meant something, even if you were too small to understand why. But I think, Mr. Frodo, I do understand. I know now. Folk in those stories had lots of chances of turning back, only they didn't. They kept going because they were holding on to something. What are we holding on to, Sam? The 
There's some good in this world, Mr. Furlong. And it's worth fighting for. It's an iconic line, right? There's, there's some good in this world. It's worth fighting for. What, what am I holding on to? Because if I hold on to the things of this world, when those fall apart, we fall apart. But we're strengthened in the Lord. There's something about laying our lives down for those around us. When we do it for those around us, we're doing it for God. It's a very different concept than, than the world tells you. The world says that you're powerful, you're strong, you don't need anyone else. E even Christians, we, we can adopt this mentality. We, we take the scriptures and we'll say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we take that as self-empowerment instead of what it's meant to be, divine enablement. It's not about you. It's about Christ. True godly encouragement directs us to find our strength in God alone. Remember when Jonathan and, and Jonathan came to David in verse 16. Read that last line again. It says, Saul's son Jonathan went to David, and he helped him find strength in God. Jonathan went to David not to boost his confidence in himself. He didn't go to him and say, hey, you got this. You've killed Goliath. You've done this before. You can do it again. He said he found his strength in the Lord. And not only that, he said this next in verse 17. He said, don't be afraid. My father Saul will not lay a hand on you. You will be king over Israel. And I will be second to you. Even my father Saul knows this. God had promised in the past that David would be the king. You remember Samuel the prophet went to David's house when he was the youngest. His son didn't even think to bring him out from the field. And he was anointed the king by God. Saul knew this. Jonathan was strengthening David in what God had already spoken to him. He was reminding him of the promises of God when our current situations get discouraging. But encourages, encouragers help us to direct us away from ourselves and focus on God. To lift us up out of that fog. It's very difficult. I'm, I'm not trying to act like discouragement is something we should get, a, get away with real fast. We should move from that. That's a, an easy thing to, to hurl over. We all carry very real burdens in our life. Issues that we need the help of one another. So our last point is that encouragers help us bear burdens. They help us bear the burdens. Paul explains the, the nature of, of burdens and what encouragers are meant to bear in Galatians. Chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Brothers and sisters, even if a person is caught in any wrongdoing, you who are spiritual are to restore such a person in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you are not tempted as well. Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. I don't care who you are. I don't care how spiritually mature or strong you are. We all get stuck. We all go through issues. We are all tempted. Paul says, when someone falls, restore them with gentleness and encourage them so that they don't fall again into temptation, and instead they persevere. 
when we bear burdens, this is not a one-time task. This takes time. So many of the issues and the challenges that we face in life, they don't have a quick fix solution. They don't have a three steps and then you're over it type of, of, of dilemma. These are hard problems that we deal with. So when we help each other, and I know we want an immediate fix to our problems, but we're going to have to invest some time, invest some emotional energy. And sometimes you won't see improvement right away. It makes us want to give up. We end up being discouraged because of their discouragement. We have to remember that bearing burdens is a process. Take time through prayer. Take time through being physically, mentally, emotionally present with them. When Jonathan went to David in the desert, he didn't offer him any solutions. He didn't offer him any quick fixes in the physical. He actually acknowledged, yes, this is difficult. You're in a tough position. He validated the emotions he had, but he also offered him hope, reminding him that this is just a season. And God has promised you more beyond what you're facing right now. We can't always offer the fixes of the solutions, but we can help someone endure their current situation. We can walk beside them, share the emotional load. I want to show you, I think it's the perfect ending, this, this last clip. Worship team, you can come as we, as we end with this last clip of Sam and Frodo. They, they've reached the Mount Doom. It's right there. And yet they are exhausted. They are falling apart. And Sam helps Frodo and the last leg of the journey. Let's check out this clip. Sam, I can't recall a taste of food. Not a sound of water. Touch of grass. Naked in the dark. There's, there's nothing. No veil. Between me and the wheel of fire, I can see him with my waking eyes. Then let us be rid of it once and for all. Come on, Mr. Frodo. I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you. Come on. difficult for Sam. There's many times that we don't show in those scenes that Sam offered to take the ring from Frodo, to, to bear the load in that way, but it wasn't his burden to bear. And for me, a lot of times, you know, you hear things that people are going through and you're like, I just wish I could take that away from you. I wish you didn't have to go through that. I wish that didn't happen to you. We can't do that. We can't carry their burden, but sometimes we can help carry them. There are ways that we can encourage and, and surround people with our support and our prayers and being present with them in the difficult times. Church, we need each other. Community is not a luxury, it's a necessity. Don't get isolated. Don't put yourself away from the church and from people that love you. Be willing to connect and get encouraged. 
And we know that when we're willing to carry the burdens of others, we're following the greatest example of suffering and carrying burdens that ever lived on the earth. Jesus went to the cross, taking every single burden of sin with him. And so when we take the burdens, we carry the load and help other people, we're following the example of Jesus Christ. Would you bow your heads this morning? I didn't plan for this, but I just feel compelled that if there's one person in here that has never accepted Jesus into their heart, and you've been around, you've been carrying the burden of sin and shame and things that you've done that you're not proud of, today's your day to be released from that burden. There is power in the name of Jesus. There's power when we accept him as our savior, when we ask for forgiveness and repent of our sins. So before we move on today in this response time, if you're here and you've never accepted Jesus into your life, you've been holding on to that burden of sin that Jesus went to the cross for thousands of years ago, today's your day. Would you slip up your hand and say, I want to be free from the burden. I wanna be a child of God. I see that hand. Is there anyone else? Anyone else here today that say, I wanna be free from the burden of sin? Church, let's pray together. Would you repeat after me these words? Say, dear Jesus, I thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. You died for my sin. You did nothing wrong, and you died for all that I did wrong. Please forgive me. Release this burden of sin. I turn towards you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening to today's message. The Gathering is a place where you can belong to a church that loves you, believe in the God who is bigger than you, and become who God created you to be. For updates, service times, or ways to get involved, check out thegathering.online. And if you enjoyed listening today, consider rating it or sharing it with a friend. We love you. The best is yet to come.